Welcome to Worlds of Books. Today is May 18th, 2014. I'm Mickey Prayan, uh, together with co-hostess <laughs> Vicki Prayan. Uh, we will be discussing Lucky Man by Michael J. Fox. Uh, since we have got um, so, since we're reading his autobiography, we didn't really think there was any sense in giving more information. The only thing I found new was that he talked about his height, height so often, but never told us how tall he was. And you, we can't get a picture of that. So I uh, looked it up, and he's a hair under five feet five. And Vicky, your turn. That still makes him taller than I am. So. <laughs> Uh, I don't um, have anything additional to add about Mr. Fox, um, so let's see what people thought of this particular book. Well, I'll go first. I, I really like the book. Uh, I, I've always been a Michael J. Fox fan. I, uh, I watched his. Uh, I watched Family Ties religiously back in the '80s, I guess, when it was out, uh, and I. And, we were part of that must-see TV lineup that NBC had on Thursday night, starting with the Cosby Show, and uh, I, I, I liked the whole show. I liked the, all the actors in it, but I really, I really liked Michael J. Fox, and then really liked the uh, the Back to the Future film series, and you know some of the other stuff he made. And uh, I, what I really liked about this book is getting to know more about his personal side and the fact that he came from. An ordinary type working class family, and uh, he sounds like he's. Uh, I mean, he had that little bump in the road, I think, with the whole stardom thing and the big head thing a little bit with uh, uh, hiring people out to to, to do everything. But uh, I think he he finally got all that in perspective, and uh, I, I just I, I really I really enjoyed the book because it told a lot about what he's been through with the with the Parkinsons and. Uh, uh, and, and I know he's he's faced a tough battle with it, and uh, and, and he's trying to advocate to to get it, you know, more research dollars for it and stuff like that. So I, I really respect that. So I enjoyed it very much. I thought it was very well done. This is Sherry. I want to thank you guys for picking this book because I, I definitely would not have read it if it wasn't for the book club. Uh, I mean, I've always liked Michael J. Fox, but wasn't particularly interested to read his biography. But I did really enjoy it. He has a really nice writing style, just sort of breezy, and, and I he jumped around a bit, but I thought he did it in a really interesting way by working the Parkinson's stuff in and then flipping back to, you know, farther, uh, longer ago and, and coming forward again. Um, one thing I thought was interesting is he clearly went to AA. He mentions enough that you know it's AA, but he never actually says AA, which I thought was a little strange. Maybe that's sort of the same thing as never mentioning his height. I uh, enjoyed the book. It's, uh, I would say that I would probably have never read it either if it weren't for this uh, um, group. I uh, read biographies of people I'm really interested in, and I'm Michael J. Fox I didn't know much about. Uh, I never saw family ties or any... Um, evening TV uh, since I was entertaining myself <laughs> entertaining at clubs and hotels uh, playing so uh, nighttime television was something I didn't do and when I did do anything with television it had to do with uh, 
uh, non-commercial TV mostly. So, um, but I was interested in uh, PD. I learned more than uh, I I knew about the disease and uh, what he was able to accomplish. And having it at such a young age is awfully frightening. Uh, and uh, so it was interesting reading. Hi, everyone. John Abmont here. And I found Michael, uh, uh, I found his story very, very interesting. Michael J. Fox's story very interesting. Uh, what I glanced over. But I learned more about it, more about his life from uh, news and so forth and so on. Um, very, very interesting. Uh, I liked family, the show Family Ties. And, of course, uh, I'm a big Back to the Future fan. Love that movie. Uh, and it, it, it's, uh, Parkinson's is a very, very strange disease. It affects different people in different ways. And you read all about the different performers. Uh, of course, we all have recently heard about Casey Kasem and, and the insinuation that he may have Parkinson's, and nobody really knows for sure. Uh, of course, Dan Ingram, uh, we know has Parkinson's. And um, another, entertainment, uh, another entertainer knocked down with it. Yeah, but it, it's it's affected many many performers' lives so quickly and so radically. You know, one minute they're behind the spotlight literally, and the next minute they're they're just gone. And thank God we have the uh, the ways of saving those performances now that we do the 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 media that we have today. I mean. Even you go back 40 years ago, and we, we just about had the media to capture uh, the older performers. But it's, it, is, it's, uh, it, it, it is a very, very uh, insidious disease. And Fox came out and said what he had to say about it in a very, very clear and concise way. I really love this book. Well, loved it. No, I mean, I liked it. I thought it was very good. It was, um, it was heart wrenching, what he had to go through, especially with the, um, with having the onset come on uh, as he was so young, um, and the doctors that gave false uh, diagnoses and that didn't believe him, and the whole thing. I um. You know, I love reading these biographies because I realize that there are a lot of these things that I've never watched. I never watched Family Ties, and he still loved Meredith Baxter Burney. Um, I remember the one show that um, she did in the 60s, I guess it was, uh, Burney meets, oh God, now I can't think of the name of it. Uh, it was on in the mid-60s, I believe. Bridget loves Bernie or something like that. And then she actually married him in real life. Um, but I, I've never been a big TV watcher, certain things, but 
Never watched Family Ties. I did see the Back to the Future um, movies. Uh, and only because my son um, had them. And so I watched them because he had them here. And so we watched them together. Uh, and they were good. I mean, I thought they were really good. But I didn't know who my, Michael J. Fox was. Um, I've heard the name. But um, reading the biography now, or the autobiography, made me want to see these shows. So maybe somebody will send them through a um, uh, file sharing thing sometime. Um, it, was, it was really very um, insightful. And, um, but the thing that bugs me sometimes about NLS, about um, what they're doing, is this was an older book. And I think that someone here had said that there is a sequel to it. Um, and I would like to read that, but I find that many times these sequel biographies go back and talk about a lot of what happened in their first book. I think I found that with Lauren Bacall. Um, it seemed like she was just reiterating what she had said in her first book, and it was practically a twin to the, the second book was practically a twin to the first one. So I don't know if anybody else uh, feels that way. But this came out in 2002, and I think it took us to 1999 in his life or something like that. Um, but it was very inspirational. And um, um, he really is a very strong person. As for the height. Thing. I also wondered how tall he was, and I asked my sister, and she said she thought he was around 5'4", five, 5'5", five, five. so I guess she hit it right. Uh, you were right. Uh, that show that Meredith Baxter Barney was in was called Bridget Loves Barney, and uh, David Barney was her husband and co-star, and a real ass. I think that he beat her and stuff in real life, so uh, uh, she... Well, I guess she later came out and decided she was she uh, she's lesbian. So uh, 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 I guess uh, uh, she's become full circle. Okay, um, we w we started watching only reruns of of um, the show he's on was on, which now it's already slipped my mind. Um, my kids and I watched it religiously. It was on every night, and I think that Michael J. Fox was just adorable. He was so cute. He was a punk, but I liked him lots. And Back to the Future, of course, he, you couldn't, couldn't miss. Uh, I saw one and two. I didn't see three because I, well, I just didn't. And as far as the book, is, uh, book two is concerned, Joni, I got it from Bookshare, and I read the introduction, and he says he's covering the last 10 years. So it's entirely possible that he's not going to go back. I don't know. Hey, Mickey, I think you're talking about um, family ties. Guys, i got to duck out. The dinner bell has rung, but I will see you all later or next week. Have a good evening, all. Hi, John. Um, what is the name of the book, the, uh, the newest book? 
Well, this is Sherry. The newest book is called Always Looking Up, and it is on Bard. I actually went out and downloaded it because I was interested in what he was going to write about Rush Limbaugh, and he'll probably be a lot more gracious than Rush Limbaugh deserves. I don't know if you guys remember this, but Rush Limbaugh, after Michael J. Fox appeared in front of Congress, he mocked him and imitated him, jerking his hands and head around and, and pretty much insinuated that Michael J. Fox was exaggerating his symptoms or faking his symptoms somehow. And it sounds like from the NLS annotation that it mentions um, political stuff, so I assume it's happened to do with the stem cell stuff and maybe appearances he makes or something. It looks like it's about, I always round up, so it's like it's over 19 and a half hours because I put 20 hours, so it's a lot. Well, wait a minute. I must have the wrong thing. I take, I take it back on the time. I don't have the time. But it is called Always Looking Up. Thanks for that. Um, his wife, Tracy, really um, seems to have been kind of his support in the storm. And, and his whole family was so supportive, which is wonderful. Because, as we all know, you never know how families are going to react to things. Yeah, uh, I really like, I mean, I think Mary and Tracy Pollan was probably one of the smartest things he ever did. And uh, uh, I liked her. She, she appeared in one of, like, a two-part episode of Family Ties where he's, where Alex, the character Alex P. Keaton, who Michael J. Fox played, is, like, falling for her. And it's, it's like, one of my favorite uh, uh uh, episodes or, or a couple of episodes of the series, and uh, she was she was just great. Uh, that that sounds like something Rush Limbaugh would would do. What, what, what a jerk! And it's called Always Looking Up, and it's uh, DB six nine one four seven at NLS. Uh, they've got it, and it's read by Richard Davidson. Nine hours thirty five minutes. Well, one of the things that Rush Limbaugh came out with was that he neglected that uh, Michael J. Fox refused to take his medication for three days before the hearing to exacerbate his symptoms. And I would have a hard time believing he'd be that stupid. I'd have a hard time believing he'd consult with Rush Limbaugh about what he did on that, too. So uh, uh, I think Rush Limbaugh makes stuff up to try to get the uh, uh, the, the most covered in th- things. Or wouldn't surprise me if he did, anyway. I think Rush Limbaugh would make up anything to, as long as he knows somebody's a liberal, he'll do whatever he needs to to make that person look bad and create more hate and anger against them. But I think, and you know, Michael J. Fox, I think, did say that he had cut down on his medication because he felt it was important for the um, Congress to see what the symptoms of Parkinson's were. But it sounds like from reading his first book here, that your medication really comes and goes like you can just stop it for he could miss one and he'd he'd have full-blown symptoms so i don't see that he'd need to stop for three days but i think he did admit and that not that he was ashamed of it that he was trying to lie i think he told him right up front that he didn't take his medication because he wanted him to see how bad the symptoms of parkinson's were because he felt it was important in terms of getting funding for the research and stuff. So I don't think he was trying to do anything underhanded. And to mock a handicap, regardless, is just despicable. Um, Jill, what did you think of the book? I'm sorry, I couldn't fit it in with all the other books that I was trying to read. And But after this discussion, 
I will take the time and read it. I'm not a television watcher, so I can't relate to any of the programs he was in, but uh, I know he's a very interesting man, and I would like to read the book. So it wasn't that I didn't want to read it. I just couldn't get it in. Boy, we understand that. Um, also, I got the impression from reading where... Uh, he did withhold his medication that he only withheld his morning med um, and then had it had the meeting at 9.30 so that wouldn't have been that drastic I mean not, not three days but uh, you know when somebody's up there's always somebody to pull them down well Rush Limbaugh likes to pull everybody down he thinks he's so superior to everybody else and um you think because he was deaf for a while, because he took drugs um, after um, criticizing harshly drug takers. I can't stand Limbaugh. I really don't listen to him very much. And, and just if the radio was stuck in that position for a minute. But he's awful. He is just mean-spirited. I hate the way he yells, and, um, oh, sometimes you just like to choke him. Well, this is, as somebody else said earlier, one of those books I probably would never have read if it weren't for this group, or some group like it anyway. Um, I tend to read autobiographies, memoirs, excuse me, biographies of people that I find interesting, that I admire, that uh, something draws me to them. Um, And I'm just not uh, uh, interested really in actors, actresses, and all those people. So I um, I never, I I wouldn't know Michael J. Fox from my next door neighbor probably. Um, Never saw the movies, never saw the TV series back in the 80s. I was busy doing the the mom thing, and um, what TV I watched was really fascinating stuff like Sesame Street and Mr. Rogers' Neighborhood and <laughs> fun things like that. And um, and then occasionally uh, Bob and I would watch a Masterpiece Theater thing or something um, when he was home in the evening. So um, I, I wouldn't recognize Michael J. Fox um, if I uh, saw him today in, in something. Um, but I thought that the book was uh, well written. It was interesting. Um, he's a, um, quite a. I, I have great admiration for him because he came right out and said, "You know, this is a problem I have. I'm coping with it." And he kept going. And so often, when people find out that they have a, um, a really debilitating condition or disease. Um, especially when they're in the public eye, they just sort of fold up and they they pull back, they disappear, and we don't know whatever happened to them. And it's, um, you know, this this guy said, well, hey, I'm going to fight this and I'm going to keep going. And he's um, he's managed to do that and apparently is still successful after, gosh, I don't know, um, we all know about my math, uh, 20 years or something. Um, so he's, um, I I think he's really quite a guy. 
Um, he did a sitcom within the last couple of years where he played a person that had Parkinson's as a dad or something, and I never saw it. A friend of mine was telling me about it, and she said it was okay, but I don't think it lasted that long. I mean, that's kind of a joke that I would think would have limited um, limited legs in terms of running with that all the time. One other thing I liked, he, he's such an optimistic person, and he clearly was an alcoholic, and he went into that some, and when he had hit bottom and stuff and, you know, did something about it, which is to his credit, I can't imagine how difficult it would be to be a public figure and have every kind of mistake you make or every kind of thing like being an alcoholic trotted out for the world to see and judge. That would just be so much more difficult than being a private person and having the same problems. Yeah, I think you're right about that that other show he did. I, I didn't ever see that one. I did see him on an episode of Curb Your Enthusiasm, that Larry David show, uh, and it it, 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 it was kind of painful to see how much the disease had taken him. But man, his timing was still great, and you know he was still hilarious. I mean, uh, I can't remember what the he got into some kind of altercation with Larry David. Uh, and it was, it was just funny. I mean, it just—he he still had his, still had the chops, no question about it. And it was, and it was good. Uh, it was good seeing him again. And uh, uh, Vicky, uh, uh, it, it, Fred Rogers doing that opening. Uh, it's a beautiful day in the neighborhood. It, TV didn't get much better than that. So uh, you, you were good with that and uh, Sesame Street. Uh, that's for sure. I was just going to say, Linda Ronstadt is another sufferer of Parkinson's disease that has been uh, on interviews about it and makes a very good presentation and has written a book. I don't know other than that what she's doing with her life, but uh, I was quite impressed hearing her. Well, I have always been such a great fan of Fred Rogers. I love Mr. Rogers' Neighborhood. I watched it until, uh, well, till they took it off, I guess it's not on anymore, and I wish it still was. I just love it. And Curb Your Enthusiasm, oh, one of my favorites. And I'm not a TV watcher much, but I got to see several episodes of Curb, and it is one of the funniest things around. I think it's hysterical. I've never been a Mr. Rogers fan particularly, although I certainly admire him for his work, but I loved Sesame Street. When I used to babysit kids, I would make them watch it more because I wanted to watch it than they did. It has some hilarious sketches in it. I wish they would make a special of all the sketches that had famous people appearing or something like that. I think a lot of adults would watch it. Uh Oh, as far as Linda Ronstead, there's, um, she was interviewed on NPR and a couple of other places probably, and apparently she can't sing at all anymore because of the Parkinson's. She still sounded fine in the interview, but apparently whatever vocal cord actions it takes to sing, she's unable to do anymore, which is pretty sad. Uh, yeah, Johnny, you're right. Uh, Curb Your Enthusiasm is, is hilarious. Larry, Larry David, I mean, I, I think he must have been a lot of the uh, creative force behind a lot of the success of Seinfeld because uh, uh, he's he still got it and he, he, I think he writes a lot of that a lot of those episodes he, he's he, he's just hilarious we seem to be drifting from the book um, one of the problems we have when everybody likes it is there anything you didn't like about the book no I think it was put together very well I mean I too wish he had mentioned what his height is um 
obviously it made such a difference in his life. Maybe it was too painful for him to actually admit it, but it certainly uh, certainly worked well in his favor in many parts that he got. And um, and I don't know about whether he probably was an AA, but I think um, I'm not quite sure, but I think the anonymous groups frown on people actually talking about their stint in in any of their groups because people are supposed to be anonymous. Uh, I think I've heard that somewhere. And I wasn't in an anonymous group off and on for a while. It wasn't AA, but it was it was one of the other ones. Well, I think they're allowed to say they were in AA, but they certainly can't give anybody else that was in there with them or anything or talk about meetings and stuff. But I, I don't know. I haven't been involved in the groups. But I've heard a lot of people say they have been in AA. Um, one thing, he mentioned a fight with his brother at a holiday or something. And just from that little bit and from the little bit where he had passed out drunk on the couch and Tracy confronted him and stuff, you get the impression that he probably was quite the jerk um, at times and maybe, you know, kind of condescending. And you just kind of get that impression. And, and you know, obviously he isn't going to see that, but I wonder if somebody else did a biography of him if that would come out a little more. And I still think overall I really liked him, and he's got a lot of courage to stand up to this disease and deal with everything he's dealing with and remain so optimistic. But I do suspect, as is everyone, that he has a darker side too, and he probably was, uh, Tracy probably deserves a medal of some kind for sticking with them through the tough times. Yeah, I, I think that, that there was some implication there that he could be a real tool. Uh, and, uh, uh, well, the whole incident that, that, that was the fight with the brother, where he made that that off off comment when they asked him if, if uh, he wanted a copy of the obituary of his dad, and he made a cut that snide comment about he'd get his clipping service to take care of it for him. I mean, come on. That that was, that was, <laughs> you got to be a pretty big jerk to say something like that. I mean, and, and not to mention, uh, just park your brain to the side. But uh, I, I wish they had done, I kept, uh, yeah, well, he was, was he one of five kids or one of four kids? He, he really didn't talk a lot about his siblings that much. I mean, you know, they, they talked about the incident with the, with the brother and, and the fight and stuff, but I thought he had another brother. Was I don't know. I, I, I'm, I'm kind of floundering with. I know there was a. a he was a second to the youngest, so he had a younger sister that he was often compared to. Asked if he was her twin because he was so small, and I guess he had an older sister, but I thought he had maybe two older brothers, but m- maybe not. I, I wish I'd have known a little bit more about his about his siblings and stuff. He didn't talk a lot about them. But no, I didn't. I mean, I, I, I really didn't have much I could complain about because I, I thought the book was done, well done. Well, he had two older brothers. Um, and I don't know why I remember that because that wasn't really germane to the book. Um, and I think that that he was trying to show too what a jerk he was. I I, I think he saw it. I mean, he probably still is at times. I mean, aren't we all? Um, but then also the AA thing. You can tell someone that you're an AA if you choose. He did not choose, but he he gave the lines quite well. That he made it a point to that 
to let people know that he was just by what he was saying, I thought. This is really diverting, but I have a very close friend who is a member of AA and has been for at least 10 years. And um, he's perfectly at, at ease talking about it. And what I wanted to say, because I didn't know it until just recently, and it came out in a conversation, they now have a branch, and actually I understand had a meeting or, or having a meeting in California, um, that there is an AA, it is practically a splinter group that is an, you can either say atheistic or agnostic, because all of you don't have to believe in all of this um, God thing of the 12 steps anymore because that's what people were complaining about who wanted to be AA members but really didn't believe in the religious part of it. So I just thought I'd throw that in. Yeah, they do have uh, um, groups of AA, and I think they even still call themselves AA, but they somehow designate themselves as being... Um, non-religious because there are a number of people. I, when I used to work in psychology, I had a number of people that didn't want to go to AA because they were atheists. And at that time, there really wasn't anything else for them. And it's not like they were, these people are complaining. It's not like they're, you know, filing lawsuits and all this stuff. They just started a separate group because it would work better for them not to have to talk about religious stuff when they're not religious. Well, I, I didn't even know that uh, religion was part of AA, so I guess that, that says that, that, that I've never been to an AA meeting. But uh, uh, I was trying to remember, I read that book, Dr. Sleep, by Stephen King, and the, the main character, they had some scenes set in AA. I was, uh, I was trying to remember if they talked about God or any of that stuff. But hey, that's neither here nor there. Um, what I recall, and granted um, the memory is uh, fading as um, the years go by, um, <laughs> um, from my um, support group and my uh, vis- few visits to Al-Anon groups, um, it's not really um, uh, religion per se. They're, they do... Uh, ask that you believe in a higher power and you can call it anything you want you can see it as in any way that you want the idea um, at least as I understood it was just simply to admit that there is something um, there is a a control outside me I'm I'm not entirely in control of everything that happens in my life or in anyone else's I'm wondering what you guys think of people that become stars at a young age like this. And it, it, you wonder if they know how to do anything for themselves. I mean, like he didn't make his own appointments and he obviously didn't cut out his own newspaper clippings. And you hear this more about sports stars that after they get out of the NFL or NBA or whatever, they don't even know how to write checks. And I just wonder um, how much Michael J. Fox fell into that category since he started as a star so young and you kind of got the impression from a few things he said and it's not really his fault it's just the way things work out when you're you know important enough and you get people to do all this stuff for you i just wanted to uh, mention we have uh, a new participant and um, the the name area is blank so um, if you want to 
identify yourself, um, that would be wonderful. So at least we know who you are. Well, that person isn't here. may come back, I hope. Um, I think that he indicated in the book that he realized that he was having everybody do things for him, and he started firing a great many of his hangers-on, um, which I also think took a lot of courage because that's not the Hollywood way. I think in Ronnie Millsap's book, he also had a lot of people taking over his finances and everything, and he got built out of quite a bit of money that way. And um, I think that happens to a lot of stars, whether they're younger or even older, that it's just when they have so much money, it's easier to just spend the money and have people do the work for them. Um, it's, uh, it's too bad that I think that's, that's what happens, and when they get to be stars, they think they're, you know, they're a little better than the rest of us when they're younger. But he really, um, with everything that he went through, um, you get the feeling that, of course, when he was younger, his feet weren't quite on the ground, but he did get grounded, finally. And um, even though he, uh, you know, he, I think he has tried to remedy the things in his life, and the realization that he was a drunk and that he was that he also had Parkinson's. Um, I think suddenly he had the realization, maybe not so suddenly, but it came to him that he had to change his ways. It was also to his credit that he didn't trash a lot of people. The only person he really trashed was Cher. And he must have had a pretty bad experience because he didn't seem to be able to resist mentioning her in a negative light, which she sounds like she deserved. But a lot of these people, you know, spend a lot of time trashing people, and, and that's to his credit also. Yeah, that that, that was interesting. What, what, oh, he ran into her, like, backstage at some event, right, and she, and he spoke to her, and did she say something like, yeah, I know who you are, and, and then, like, blew him off or something. Yeah, that was, that was pretty, that was pretty, uh, pretty ugly, I thought, too. Well, due to the silence, I'm getting the impression that we've pretty well discussed this book. Does anybody have anything more to say? Well, that being the case, um, our next scheduled meeting will be June 15th, which is Father's Day. So um, there are only two of those here currently. Um, and Mickey and I had talked about... Um, Tossing out for your consideration a choice of books, which we like to do. Um, we want you to feel as though you have some input here. <laughs> and since most of these books were recommended by uh, various of, of you all or other folks who um, are here sometimes. Um, anyway, we, we do appreciate any input that you have. So recommend things um, whenever you think of them. Um, the two things that we talked about, um, one is a book that I believe Michelle had suggested by an author I have not read, Kathleen Shine, S-C-H-I-N-E, called The Three Weissmans of Westport. 
and it's a kind of a, a family story about a woman who has been married for almost 50 years to the this guy who suddenly out of the blue says uh, it's over I want a divorce and um, sets up housekeeping with um, a significantly younger woman and so the now ex-wife goes to Westport to kind of lick her wounds and recover and her two daughters join her there to uh, to help her and then they all have various adventures and whatever um, the other is a book by Blake Crouch um, kind of a yucky name but you know, what can I say uh, it's called Pines and it's a um, I'm not sure and I forgot to look on Bard to see how they um, classify it. it it's kind of kind of sci-fi-ish in a way um, a guy wakes up in a hospital he doesn't know how he got there and he leaves and finds it kind of odd that there doesn't seem to be anyone else in this hospital um, and he goes walking through a town that he doesn't recognize and um, anyway he eventually finds out how he got there why he's there and um, what all of the circumstances are and it has to do with some kind of um, um, medical stuff that's been going on and he it's kind of um, oh what's his name Rip Van Winkle-esque he discovers that he's not even in the time he thought he was in um, so it's, it's kind of a it's, it's different it's um, a well-written very interesting uh, book so uh, which do you all think would be the uh, the June selection? Well, that last one you talked about is categorized as suspense fiction. And uh, I, I'm going to vote for it uh, just because it sounds kind of different and stuff. I hadn't read anything quite like that. But, uh, uh, yeah, well, that's my vote. From your description, Vicki, I would also go with the Crouch book. I'm going to go with the Crouch book since I've read <laughs> the the um, Westport one, and really it is worth reading. It's it you really get a feeling <laughs> for Jewish life. This author does a great job, and it is it is kind of sad and funny at the same time. But I'll go with the Crouch book too. Well, I'm not going to vote. Unfortunately, I'll be out of town next month, so. Um I'll have to get the download and listen to what you guys say about the Crouch book, if that's what you pick. Well, I want to read the Jewish one, too, of course, because I always like to read books about my uh, people, put it that way. But I'm going to vote for the Crouch book. It sounds intriguing and different. Well, that makes it unanimous. That's a nice way to do it. Um, is everybody going to be able to make it on Father's Day, or should we try to reschedule? I'll be here. I assume I'll be here. Actually, Alan, you were the one I was worried about. No worries here. My, uh, you know, my my boys are in other cities, so uh, you know I, I don't see them very often. But uh, yeah, I'll I'll definitely be here. Well, since I'm not a father. <laughs> I will be here. And Alan, I'm so thrilled that you love Curb Your Enthusiasm the way I do. It's just, I haven't seen any of them for a long time, but I just love it. And can we have the information about that book? The 
In other words, the title, the author, and, and everything. Pines, colon, a novel, DB75977 by Crouch, C-R-O-U-C-H, comma, Blake, B-L-A-K-E. Reading time, 8 hours, 49 minutes. Read by Joe Wilson, categorized as suspense, suspense fiction. And I'm going to read you the uh, NLS annotation. And those of you who want to fall asleep, feel free. Secret Service agent Ethan Burke is driving to Wayward Pines, Idaho, to search for two missing colleagues when his car is hit by a truck. Burke survives, but soon realizes that there is something eerie about the town, uh, hyphen, and can't reach anyone back home strong language and some violence 2012 there you go well darn i was going to refuse to let joni know what all those details were alan you just gosh you just gave it to her anyway of of course we're going to let you know that joni um and uh the downside of that particular book is it's not available on bookshare um, although another book that he wrote is, and so I'm going to have to grab that and check it out um, just to see what it's uh, all about. And I can't remember what it was called, but um, anyway, I have read this book and I liked it. Um, and I will be here next month. I will probably not be here for the July meeting. Um, I'm coming back the day before from the ACB National and uh, probably will need some time to recover and we'll have company also. So um, chances are very good that uh, Mickey will be on her own, which I know she can do very well. I'm sorry, I didn't get the title. Is it Hyde? H-I-D-E? No, it's Pines, like the pine tree. P-I-N-E-S. Um, I actually read another book by this author called Abandoned about um, a group of people that go to this ghost town in Colorado looking for clues as to what happened to an entire village that disappeared at the same time back in the 1800s or something like that. And it was pretty good. It was very suspenseful. So this one will probably be good, too. Yeah, I read that, too. I forgot that was by I know his name sounded familiar. That, that, that was a pretty good book. Yeah, I remember that one. Thanks for mentioning that. I think we read that for a book club, because I remember reading it, too. Uh, Sherry, that book sounds familiar. Do you you remember the title? Yeah, it was just called Abandoned, A-B-A-N-D-O-N-E-D, just one word, Abandoned. Oh, yes, I do remember it now, The the whole village. Yes, that was excellent. I didn't. I read Abandoned by by, uh, Corey McFadden. Now I'm getting confused. I don't remember which one I read, but this was about the the, the people that went to this ghost town, and it was like the holidays, Christmas Eve, and New Year's Eve, or something, and and somebody fell down a whole bunch of stairs where there weren't stairs. <laughs> it was it was for a book club, I'm sure, because I don't know whether I would have read it otherwise. But it was good. You read this one, Johnny, because this was for the uh, Mystery Book Discussion Group, and we read it in uh, November of two- 2010. So uh, I'm pretty I'm pretty sure you're in that group. So uh, 
yeah, there you go. Where in the world did you pull that up from, Alan? My book's red Excel sheet. Isn't he the most amazing? I mean, my gosh, you know, Alan, you really, you, you, you make any group you're part of. You are just, um, just incredible. Yeah, I have one of those too, Alan. I, I have a current books, and then when I'm done, I move them over to my done list and all this obsessive stuff. I love keeping track of that stuff. But I must say, I don't keep track of the book clubs. That would be a good, another spreadsheet for me to start. You guys are organized beyond belief. Yeah, Vicky, that was real nice for you to say amazing when we were all really thinking, man, isn't he a totally a totally uh, nerdy geek, but uh, but whatever, hey, I, I am what I am. I, I, I do keep this. Uh, I've been better about keeping it than I, uh, lately it seems like I've been scrambling to input my stuff. I try to capture the uh, the name of the book. Because, yeah, getting to my age, I, I forget what I've read and hadn't read, so I write down the the, the date I finished it, the name of the book, the author, the narrator, how long it is where I got it from, uh, and then I have, uh, you know, if it's for a, a book group, I'll put what the, which group it was for, and then I'll, I'll put some comments about the characters and stuff like that. It's just to, just so, you know, to help my fading memory, just like I uh, keep all of my appointments and stuff in Outlook since I can't remember uh, to, hardly to go to the bathroom anymore. You know, Alan, I think that is great, and uh, I wish you would come into Banquet of Books. We really would love to have you in there with us and to keep track of what you're reading as well. So, second Sunday of the month. This is an out-and-out commercial for my banquet. Uh, yeah, I should keep track of more of those things. Alan, uh, what was that uh, bard number again? And while Alan is looking at it, um, I, I, I only write the name of the, the author in alphabetical order, of course, the name of the book, the, um, uh, I don't put in the length, I don't, I put in where I got it from, I mean, if it's a DB, I just put DB, I used to keep numbers, but I decided that was obsessive compulsive behavior, uh, um, then I put in, uh, if Bob and I read it together, I'll put MB, and nobody will know what I'm talking about, and nobody will care but I do. Yeah, I wish I did keep a little more notes, like Alan said, about the characters and stuff. Because even though I have it on my list, I sometimes like, did I read this? I don't remember anything about it. But I do keep the length, the author, and the title. And then I might put something like, you know, one in series or sci-fi or something in the com my comments column. But, yeah, I, I think I put the length because I always I have a to-be-read list. I don't use the barred wish list. And I just put it on my spreadsheet and that way if I want to pick a short book I can go out and find one quickly on my list and then just move it over to the done list when I'm done and it is pretty obsessive but actually I enjoy doing it yeah I, I, I can tend to be a, a little more uh, more than a little OCD at times but hey uh, Bob the uh, the Pines book DB number is 75977 and uh, uh, Johnny I'll try to start coming to banquet more often usually it the only thing I'm reading, though, is stuff that's for one of these book groups that I'm in, and, and most of y'all are already in that, and most of y'all are already reading the same books that are, that because that, uh, y'all are all in the same same groups with me, so I don't really have a lot to contribute, but I've, I've been trying to read a little bit more stuff other than just book club stuff, so I'll try to remember to come to the next one. Good. I hope that you do. Um, 
You know, I am such a procrastinator. What I do is I, I, I decided in the beginning of this year that I was going to keep a list of the books that I read. So I started keeping them on 4 by 6 Braille cards. And then sometimes I'll finish a book and I'll say, well, I'll write about that later. And, and then I forget and I don't do it. And I get so annoyed with myself because I, when I do write down what I've read, I write, and I have to do it for um, for banquet too, so that like at the last minute on the Sunday morning of banquet, I'll think, oh, what did I read? And then I'll I'll try to find them and and write what I thought about them. But I I have to get better at doing this because I'll read a book, finish it, and say, oh well, I'll start a new book, and then I'll write about the other book, and it's crazy. But I wish I was as organized as you guys are. Uh, just for so Bob can stop recording, uh, thank you, everyone, for coming to Worlds of Books. Thank you, anyone who's downloaded this and, and is listening. We hope to have you join us on the third Sunday of June um, when we will be reading uh, The Pines by Blake Crouch. Um, and thank you for coming.